Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hello everyone, welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. This is your host, Netalina. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm incredibly excited to be speaking with Jillian Gibbs. She is running a huge company, one of the largest content production consultancies in the world, Advertising Production Resources, and she is here to talk with us about how to continue to be leaders in the workplace as women, how to support one another, how to be the entrepreneurs, the business owners, and the executives that we're meant to be, and really tap into the genius that we have inside. She shares a couple stories of struggle, how she built herself, and the coolest thing of all, she happens to be an opera singer, she talks a little bit about how her performance and singing has made her a better business owner and woman in leadership. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Jillian, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show. We always like to start the show off by letting the audience get to know our guests. So can you tell us about yourself and what it is that you do? Sure. Hi, and thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, I have been uh, in business in the African marketing industry for about 25, 26 years. Uh, And uh, what we do at my company, which I founded, well, 18 years ago now, uh, is we help advertisers, specifically marketers, to work most efficiently with their creative agencies and their creative resources. That's what we do. A little bit about me. I'm from New York originally born and raised in Brooklyn, and uh, I split my time now between Colorado, where we have our headquarters, and New York City, and the rest of the world. So tell, okay, tell us a little bit more about um, you and kind of how you embarked on this journey, and we always like to hear about the process here at Rise Up For You, because that defines so much of who you are and what you've become. Um, So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about how you got to this place. Have you always been in this career? And then we'd love to, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the actual, um, you know, career and company itself. Okay, sure. Well, I'm I'm a trained opera singer. That's what I did in in, in school, and now I, I minored in advertising. And today I major in advertising. I guess I minor in singing because I sing at piano bars every now and then. But <laughs> but I I never expected to be where I am today. And um, I think that's part of the the important part of the story is that you know sometimes when you think you know where you're going. Uh, you can, uh, an opportunity presents itself and it can completely change things on you. And, you, and, and being okay with that is really important. So what happened to me is I was, um, I was, I wanted to sing jingles. So I wanted to sing commercials. Uh, and I was learning about advertising, but I was studying opera and went out of school after doing a little singing and dancing on cruise ships. Uh, I got hired by a few advertising agencies and then eventually within just six months by Unilever, by a client. And I was reporting as an executive assistant to the head of production for all their TV commercials, their radio commercials. And um, Al Tennyson was his name and he was he became a mentor of mine. And uh, he helped me understand how to produce 
advertising for uh, for big, big brands that were global brands in an efficient way. And when I worked there for about eight years, and he retired after four years, and, and I went into the head of the the Unilever media department, and I said, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to take over for Al. I was only 25 years old, and they laughed a little bit. Uh, they said, well, well, okay, we'll give you a chance. And I said, well, like, I just need one thing. I just need an assistant because there's a lot of work here, and I just need someone to help support me. And sure enough, I was able to hire an assistant, and then I built the department up from just Lever Brothers, which was what Al Tennyson and I worked on together, uh, to take over all of the Unilever divisions. That was Cheesebro Ponds and Ragu and Lipton and Vandenberg Foods and of course Lever Brothers. And I managed the production of 40 different products, 40 different brands of all their advertising, print production as well uh, for the United States and, and tried to leverage that with all of the other countries around the globe. So it's a niche business. But what happened next is I got married and I moved to Colorado and I left the job at Unilever and I thought, what am I going to do? So Coors Brewing Company, who used to be headquartered in Golden, Colorado, uh, their marketing department gave me a chance. And from there, that was 20 years ago. And from there, I started as an individual and then I added a few people to help me. And then I added a few more and then other companies wanted to work with us. Uh, and so we, we took on ExxonMobil and then PepsiCo and Walmart and Microsoft, all of whom are clients today still. Uh, and now the company has grown to be the largest advertising production consulting company in the world with about 150 people in 22 countries. Wow. Okay, so we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, first off, I love that you're an opera singer. I also started as a vocalist, and I and I majored in voice performance, and I did some singing before. Obviously, I got into this career. So wow. high five! <laughs> um, That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So. Obviously, you have done some really amazing stuff with some, um, you know, high companies, high brands, and I and I gotta add, and I'd love to focus this episode on women as entrepreneurs and leaders in the workforce, um, because there's so many women that they're scared, um, they have fear in them, and they never really rise above and step into this world at a thousand percent and take a hold of their career and take a hold of their life and the genius that kind of lives inside of them. And obviously mm -hmm. you've built a career that's in a very male dominated workplace um, and you ran with it and it sounds like you really paved um, an incredible path and you weren't scared to ask for what you wanted. You said you needed, you know, more people to help you. That's what you got. So let's, that's a lot, but let's start there. Like, you know, those of us that are listening, that are executives or CEOs or that want to, you know, rise above, you know, what can you tell us? Any struggles that you've been through? What did you, what was the self-talk that you constantly had as a woman? I would say that, you know, and I, and I think we can add to this that being a, a music major, actually, a, a vocal major, actually has helped me tremendously. Um, and, I, and, I, and I constantly um, think about that. I never would have um, put the two together, you know, that, that a degree in opera and vocal performance was going to help me be uh, an entrepreneur. But in hindsight, now looking back, I would say that, you know, being, being able to command a room, you know, whether it's one-on-one -on -one, uh, meeting or whether it's a room full of, you know, 150 of our employees or an industry event with, you know, 
900 to 3,000 people, you know, being able to walk on stage, engage, um, keep people interested, um, make them smile, um, you know, so they have a personal human connection with you is, is a really important part of success. Uh, and, and the training that I got uh, in my performance degree was hugely helpful. Do you find that to be the same by any chance? Oh, my gosh. I cannot agree more with you. Um, and I actually do a lot of work with confidence with women and it all roots back to performing and being able to uh, get up and, you know, send your message and using your voice. Uh, 100% I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Addressing the part, you know, like uh, if you, if you, my mother always said, you know, dress for the, for the part that you want, um, not that the role that you're in. And so, um, you know, I, I'm wearing the right thing. And I think women have a good idea of a good sense of what to wear in what, in what uh, environment. <laughs> and it does help. Um, and I mean, like, you know, if you're in an assistance role, which I was in, and you want the CEO role, dress for it. Um, uh, so I also think that it's important to, to listen. And when you're an actor and you have to respond and listen to people, that's a really important element. Um, so that that's something your your perceptions when you go into a meeting um, of what the outcome would be uh, are often wrong. And so listening and being able to adapt uh, is critical also to success. And I constantly remind myself of that, um, especially as I the longer I'm in this business and the, the more I know, uh, the the more I have to make myself listen, because especially now in today's business environment and in, in especially in the advertising industry, which is evolving at such a rapid pace with the big consultancies coming into the advertising space, you know, acquiring creative agencies. Um, uh, there, there are many, many changes that are significant, a paradigm shift in the, in the industry. And so listening and paying attention um, to what's happening uh, in the broader industry standpoint, but also what are your individual clients' needs? How are they, uh, what are their current challenges and their current goals and how can I help them to be effective? Um, so I, I think making, uh, the third thing I'd say is making bold choices and, and not just confirming and not just doing the status quo, uh, which certainly my, my, my whole career is just looking at things differently and, and paving the way to do something new. And I would recommend that everyone does that because if you don't, you're going to get stuck, pigeonholed into a, a certain type of work. And if that type of work doesn't exist anymore, like what's happening in the advertising industry, you become stale and uh, irrelevant and your business goes away. So it's important to stay, uh, to make those bold decisions, to stay abreast of what's happening uh, and and look at alternate ways that, that you might offer services to your clients, whether you're selling a product or a service or, or, or whatever. Does that, does that answer your question? Oh, absolutely. And, and I, and I want to dive in a little bit more. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is being bold. Um, and as women, you know, being able to ask, I guess, for what we want and having our voice heard. What are some tips that you have in, in doing that, but doing it the right way? You know, I find that a lot of people either don't ask for what they want for fear of rejection or failure, or they ask for what they want, but they do it in a way that's not beneficial, right? That's maybe a turnoff. Um, and, you know, being being a, a woman in a male-dominated career, you really have to find the balance of making sure that, I, I don't want to say play the game, but just doing it in the right way that's um, going to, that's 
going to be accepted or received. Um, what are your thoughts on that or, or any tips or advice that you have on that? I think you, I agree. I think you need, women need to ask for what they want. And I do think that there is a way to do that to make it a more productive conversation, a more productive ask. Uh, and I, I don't think we can go wrong as women if we, um, I don't think we can go wrong as women if we have backup in terms of um, we really do understand our space. If we're asking for something, whether it's a raise, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's um, uh, the opportunity to do something differently, which I think is, is, uh, is necessary uh, in so many different types of businesses, but especially mine, um, you know, asking permission is often gets you what you want. And I have this, um, I think that we have to pay attention to our gut feelings, to our intuition as women um, because we usually have a, a, a high ability to tap into that or to, and some of us recognize it, and uh, some of us learning how to recognize it. But if, if you're in a situation where you're asking for something and, and you've got the backup and you're, and you're, you're, um, you're asking permission, for example, with a client to say, look, I, I know you're, you're trying to do this in one way, but what if we tried to help you another way? having the conversation, the client may not be comfortable with it, but what happens in my gut is I feel when a client is, when they, when they're just not the right client for me, I can just, I can just sense that it's, this isn't going to go anywhere. Um, and, uh, and the willingness to, after asking, if you're not getting the, the response that you want, the willingness to let go and to move on is really important. Um, and then on the other hand, I don't want to confuse things, but I don't, I don't take no very easily. I mean, if somebody tells me, no, I can't do something. I, I would, I, I ask why I, I ask again, <laughs> you know, let a little time go by and ask again and again, because uh, sometimes the client's not ready for something, but, um, but eventually they are. And so I, I just don't give up if I really truly believe in something. I, I love that. And so what, what I'm hearing from you, and this is something that I often do is that, um, in order to kind of get what I want or to present my ideas, I usually um, present it in a question form um, in a way that's um, maybe a little bit more received, mm -hmm. not as aggressive, and that can, you know, mm -hmm. get across to the other person or the client and almost make it seem like it's their idea. Exactly. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It yeah. usually works, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, um, you know, was there a time as a woman that you struggled um, in the workforce, uh, any particular moment that you can remember and you, walk us through what that looked like and how you kind of overcame that. If you had one. Yeah. You know, yeah, I did actually, I had one that, um, when I think about it, it still hurts in my heart. Um, when, you know, so growing the business, uh, to the size that we are, you, you I have a lot of men that I work with and I respect and appreciate. And, um, what I, I had a leadership, I have a leadership team and, and there was a time on the leadership team where I had a gentleman who was um, super confident and super experienced and I wanted to make room for him, you know, in the room, so to speak, or, and on the leadership team so that he felt uh, like he was contributing and valued. And what I did then was I stepped back as the CEO and leader, not, not in title, I still had the same title, but physically. I would step to the side. I, I did not, I don't sit at the head of the table. I sit in the middle. 
uh, this person, you know, sat at the head of the table, was very comfortable with it, wanted to be at the head of the table. And, uh, and the, the dynamics between male and females, you know, were, were playing out in that scenario. And I lost myself as a leader because I was trying to make room for what I thought was the male um, power, right? Mm. And I, I lost my female power and I, it diluted it diluted my contribution to the company. This went on for about three years, maybe, maybe two years, but it was a, I felt that I needed to step aside in order for the, the male leaders to step up. And I, it took me that much time, two or three years to figure out that that was not good, that that was not um, useful to me uh, or the company in the long run. So uh, I would say that was the biggest challenge is finding a way, it, it, I got confused. I got confused and I thought that the that the only way to give uh, a man the ability to be a leader in my female-led company would be to step aside, mm. and, which was wrong. And I think that comes from just, um, yeah, I just made a decision that was wrong. I, and I think it comes from old news, old history um, uh, of the male-female dynamics. Uh, but now I realize that I it, it, more and more men today are um, open to and sensitive to uh, women leaders and can can work side by side and, and don't need to sit in such a powerful position. The good ones anyway. So that was a big learning for me. It was really hard. You know, I'm glad that you said that because I, I think that there are moments where today, you know, there's a lot of men that have made positive strides towards working with women and, and women that are in leadership roles and executive roles. And sometimes I find that there are some women out there that haven't, that haven't overcome this idea that men don't do that and they don't always give men a fair chance. So I, right. I appreciate you saying that, you know, we are making some strides. Of course, we still have some that don't. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it is good to be open-minded and, and working with men. And that, I mean, we, we cherish men here at Rise Up For You. We have them on podcasts. We have them as speakers. And there are a lot out there that, have, that are making the space for women to lead and, and recognize the genius that they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when the woman is the CEO hiring a male to join the leadership team that is the challenge. Yes. Uh, I don't think there's been enough written or talked about in that, in that area. You know, yeah, we most of us are talking about men who hire women leaders. But what about women who hire men, men who are leaders to join them? Well, let's talk about that. What did what does that look? Yeah. I mean, you've been in that space. So what, what did that look like for you? It's interesting. It's a it's a little bit of a um, there's a little bit of tension. It's I've, I've been in the space um, forever. I mean, we're 72 percent women now at the company. We used to be 50 50 men, women. Um, but at this point. Eight, in our beginning of our 18th year now, uh, we're at 72% women. And um, I, that's just coincidental, by the way. It's, it's just happening that way. And um, the, the men who are leaders at the company all have something in common, and that is that they are, they, they are, they are sensitive in the sense that they listen. They actually continue to learn in their jobs. They're not just stuck with the same way of working in their career. Um, they're very open to to listening, evolving, um, and growing with the company. So there's the men that work for me now and with me now are just beautiful people. Uh, but I would say that there's still, even with those 
beautiful people, beautiful men who are working with us, and I mean beautiful inside and out, are just, um, there is a sometimes a, as it seems like a more natural dynamic, as if just as a human dynamic, you know, um, uh, make me making room for them to grow and contribute on a level that uh, is rewarding to them, uh, and for them to allow me to work with them and influence them and um, give them information so that they can find their own way. Um, you know, it's like a dance that, that you do. It's working so far, uh, but that's a daily that's a daily challenge. That it's a positive challenge, though. It's a it's something that helps us all to grow. I love that. Jillian, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. I'd love to jump into our power section of the interview, our favorite part. Can you tell us one book that you've read, if any, that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend? Um, and if you don't, that's okay as well. I, I have to think about that because I, I have to say there's no one book that I would, I would say has had a great influence. I, I read a lot of uh, leadership books. Um, I read a lot of biographies. Um, I, I, I think that on the, my bedside, I've got about 10 or 12 books that I started and didn't finish, but I travel somewhere and I don't have time to read them all. So, um, I would have to say, I do not have one, one single book. That's fair. And what's one, <laughs> what's one value that you have stuck with throughout your journey? That's a non-negotiable. Wow. Um, few came to mind there. So let me pick one. Uh, I would say, uh, integrity. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, being, being fair and being, uh, transparent, uh, authentic. I think that is the, the one value that I have myself that I've also instilled as part of the culture of the company and for everyone at the company. Um, here at Rise Up For You, we always like to ask, you know, if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it your golden nugget, what would it be? <laughs> I would say, I would say sing out loud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because that means so many things, doesn't it? Um, uh, it's a, it's physically, it's rewarding to just sing. Uh, and it's, and it also, it, you take chances and you get the most out of life, I think, when you take chances. So whether it's in business, whether it's on stage, whatever it is, sing out loud. And as you know, we're Rise Up For You. That's the company. That's the podcast. What do, what phrase comes to your mind when you hear Rise Up For You? What does that mean to you? It, uh, I hear a chorus. <laughs> I hear a chorus of singing, just singers, you know, when you, when you hit, when you, did you see that um, commercial that Chrysler did a few years ago where the Detroit chorus is singing and you just feel so good and you smile and, and you, and you just want to go forward and, and, uh, and go for it. That's what rise up for you means to me. That's, go for it. I love that analogy. Thank you so much, Jillian, for joining us today. How do we stay connected and how do we support you? You can um, email me at uh, J Gibbs, so J G I B B S at A P R C O dot com. Uh, and you can go to our website at www.aprco.com as well. Thank you again for joining us here on the Rise of Free podcast. All right. Thank you. Bye. 
Thank you again for joining the Rise of You podcast. Again, this is your host, Natalina. We want to make sure that outside of the podcast, you're still growing and always getting continuous knowledge and our six pillars. So we want to make sure that you head over to our website, www.riseofyou.com and take full advantage of the free resources and the benefits that we have there. We have articles and contributors from around the world. We have a number of other podcast episodes, webinars, and a ton of tools and strategies and tips that are going to help you rise up to the next step professionally and personally. You can find us on every social media avenue. We're on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Rise Up For You. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Everything is at Rise Up For You, and we would love for you to join us. And definitely, you're going to want to head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com and get your free startup kit. We have compiled the top podcast interviews, the top webinars, and the top articles that fall in our six pillars. Plus a free startup guide, the six pillars to a prosperous life that's going to help you take that first step to really finding and building the life that you want professionally and personally. So again, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you get access to that startup kit for free. And don't forget to share our main mission is to empower, educate, and connect women globally. And we need your help to do that. So please help us spread the word, spread the message, share our content, share what Rise Up For You is about, and help us help you and other women around the world. Thank you again for joining us. Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.